all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. And I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Well, I hope you all are doing well and finding joy in life as we continue to adjust to what we need to do to protect our family, our children, ourselves, and our friends from this pandemic. Last week, I promised our listeners that we were going to do something fun today, but to do that, I need to sort of set the stage for you. So bear with me here. About 10 days ago, on Friday, August the 28th, actor Chadwick Boseman, who was 43 young, lost a four-year battle with colon cancer. He was best known for his portrayal of the Black Panther, but also awesome in the uh, James Brown movie. He inspired a lot of young men. Um, and only his close family and friends knew that he had cancer. He was really a, a true fighter, suffered in silence, um, shocked everyone um, with his death. But he worked hard to make each day memorable, not just as an actor, but he taught us how to live graciously and robustly. He, he really was a great man on and off screen. Um, and, and here's a quote that I think tells you a little bit about him. He said, fearlessness means taking the first step, even if you don't know where it will take you. It means being driven by a higher purpose rather than applause. It means knowing that you reveal your character when you stand apart more than when you stand with the crowd. That's quite quite a lot of beautiful words said. And I think what he does is um, he he sort of sets the stage for what I think Michelle, um, my producer and I would like to do today. So Michelle and I were discussing um, his death and we started thinking about heroes and what a hero looks like. And there are lots of different type of heroes and sometimes who we think Our heroes are really not at all, Um, but they're those everyday life people who are true heroes. So um, I want to, a couple of things, you know, that, that are very obvious right now. Despite the hardships, the health risk, millions of essential frontline workers are continuing to do their job during COVID. Some really well above their their true job. And so 
my question to you, do you think these are heroes? Are, are people who are working hard to keep Americans fed, picking up the trash, providing life-saving medicine, delivering groceries, preparing food, um, what about the couple who gave their wedding reception to the to the needy to feed the needy? So think about it. What is a hero? What makes a hero? It, what's the difference in a hero and a model? Now we already have our first caller. We have um, Linda, and uh, let's see, Linda from Grenada. Hi, Linda. It's good to have you early in the show. Oh, well, thank you so much. And uh, I think all these essential workers and healthcare people are uh, just a blessing for us, for us all. And But my question was related to my granddaughter is 18 months old, and yesterday afternoon she climbed up and got her great-grandmother's medicine, and she's in Batson right now. And what they think she took is, uh, well, Butrin. And I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. or even having seizures, I'm wondering if she may have long-lasting effects from this or what to expect. Anyway, I'm just really scared uh, for her and about her. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, Linda, I am so sorry. That is something that unfortunately happens in really great homes with really great people. And and I think you pointed out sometimes you just said it was grandmother's um, medicine um, to just to point out that um, many times um, when we have visitors in our home. Um, we forget that the visitors sometimes have their medications on their bedside so they don't forget or in the bathroom um, on the counter. And um, so keep in mind when you have little ones around to be careful. Now, let me go back to your question, Linda. Well, butrin um, is a medication that's used um to help with depression, um, to help with sometimes adult ADHD, to help with some other other issues. But one of the side effects um, is that it, at higher doses, can cause seizures. So um, typically... In in the case, it depends. Of course, it's it's very relative, Linda. And the I'm so glad she's at Batson. She will get awesome care. Um, there's some wonderful intensivists there who can take care of her. Um, some of it depends on the total dose. Some of it depends on her weight and size. Um, but typically, the seizure alone. Uh, will not cause any kind of long-lasting effect. Um, I have not personally seen a child um, overdose with Welbutrin, but like I said, I know one of the side effects, because Welbutrin is one of those medicines that has what we call a narrow dose range, um, If you take a little, sometimes a lot more is not a lot better. And so one of the side effects that we've always known about is seizures. So um, 
I, I don't know that I'm helping other to say I think she's in the best place she can be. I know she'll be taken good care of. And I would just make sure that um, that, you know, that her her parents um, talk to the doctors and ask the questions that they need. So we we wish her health and, and wellness soon, Linda. Well, thank um, you so much. I, I'm not sure about the dosage. It's the great-grandmother's medication who has Alzheimer's. But it's a it's a medicine that that okay. many people in the general population use and sometimes teenagers even. So it is commonly out there. But just like any medicine, we have to make sure that it, you know, it, it stays in uh, in a childproof packaging. Um, and and even then, up and away from kids, it's it's unbelievable how kids can get into stuff, isn't it? Yes, um, yes. Um, you know, Linda, go uh, ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, fortunately, my daughter-in-law uh, saw her and got to her quickly on the cameras in the house. Um, the medication was on the table, and the baby climbed up on the table and got got it. Yeah. Uh, she's at that age, you know, that that's not high. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. But that's well, we we wish her her luck and wellness and um you know, again, um it it's a lesson for us all, but even the very very best parents can have something like that happen to them. So to be ever vigilant, thank goodness for cameras. And you know, perhaps um, the certainly the earlier that that you know about any kind of ingestion, the better off uh, the child will be typically. So. Um, well, Love to hear a follow-up on that. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Buttress. Uh, sure thing, sure. Linda. All right. Well, um, boy, that's a tough, tough call. And, and um, you know, I will just tell a real quick story. Um, back before they had childproof pa packaging done very well, um, many years ago, one of my, my little brother, climbed up on the kitchen cabinet counter, um, got a stool, got up on the counter, climbed into the shelves where there was some ba baby aspirin and took an overdose of baby aspirin. I'll never forget that. Um, long time ago. And I know how high up the medicine was stored. Okay, now before we go to our first break, I do want us to um, go back to... Um, the topic I wanted us to bring up today, but I'm happy to take other calls if somebody has another question. But what takes a hero um, is, or what makes a hero is, is what I want us to talk about today. So it may be the willing, willingness to make a personal sacrifice for the be benefit of others, to not think about what your wants and needs are, to but, but to put the welfare, safety in front, yours in back of others. So 
Um, it might be just serving others, like someone like Mother Teresa. It might be someone who's trying to make life better for many, like Martin Luther King, right? Um, so think about what, what makes a hero, and do you have a personal hero in your life who's maybe not famous, who maybe nobody knows about? Um, that's the kind of thing I want us to look at as we move along in our discussion today. Um, you know, um, Michael Jordan um, did a lot of wonderful volunteer work for people. Um, maybe as a person, he truly was a hero. He was a model that a lot of children loved as far as a basketball model, right? Um, but there are also some individuals who we maybe threw up as heroes who weren't so much really the definition of a hero, like Mickey Mantle. A lot. He was a baseball player, for those of you who are too young to know this, um, back in the 60s. And, and he was one of those individuals who was an awesome center field player, um, great base runner, um, hit home runs all the time. And yet he, and he was not a very good person. So think about it. Let's center back. Who's a hero and who's not? Who's a model and who's not? This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back. If you're a parent on the go but still want to stay informed about your children's education, subscribe to Mississippi Education Connections podcast and listen on the go anytime, anywhere on your favorite podcast app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today we're talking about heroes. Um, who is a hero? What is a true hero? What's the definition? Is a hero somebody who just really does a great job at what they do? Or is a hero someone who is more selfless and puts others' safety and well-being in front of their own. I want to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So I'll tell you someone who I think got a lot of accolades, but he didn't do it for accolades at all, was a guy in New York. I don't know if you remember this story, but it happened not that long ago. He jumped in front of a subway coming in to save a man who had had a seizure and fallen onto the tracks, and he couldn't pull the guy up fast enough to save him and himself. Um, so what he did was he got in between the tracks and pressed the guy down underneath his body, 
until the subway went by. Now, what an incredible act. And it was spontaneous and um, amazing. And, and I would have to say that, that that guy committed a heroic act. I saw him interviewed, and he was very humble about it um, and just said all he could do was to think about what he needed to do. So Michelle brought up during the break, do you think people who do those kind of heroic acts should be rewarded? Just wonder, what do you think about that? Now let's talk about some of the true heroes that we know um, have been out there. We're coming up on 9-11. There were numerous unsung heroes, many Many individuals who died trying to save others, trying to take care of others. They were people who just were everyday people. And maybe they didn't even know that they had it in them until the situation was at hand. I was listening to a psychologist who was a recent uh, president of the um, American Psychological Association, and he was talking about um, just the general population. And he said, there are those bad people, evil people. And then there are those true heroes who are saving people and helping people all the time. And then in the middle, if you look at a bell-shaped curve, at the top of the curve are the bystanders. The, there are a lot of individuals out there who are not bad people and who are not heroes. They're kind of just standing by and watching life go by. And his point was, if more of us could move toward the hero category, that doesn't mean jumping in front of a subway, but to just put others' needs in front of your own, perhaps we'd have a better world. So I'd like to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. Uh, oh, Michelle, Bunch, yeah. I know you brought up I have also. A, I have a great comment on that, what you said about sure. everyday heroes. Um, I want to actually talk to the younger people that are listening right now. If, if you're in school or if you're at home or parents, if you're listening, if you see someone getting bullied, if you see some injustices happening in your community, you can be that everyday hero. You can speak up for injustices everywhere. If you see someone getting bullied or pushed around in the hallway, I understand it's kind of dangerous sometimes, but again, think of that person that's getting bullied. If that was you, wouldn't you want someone to help and step in? So just speaking up, that's being an everyday hero. Everyone has the ability to do something good for someone else. Absolutely. And I love you bringing up the, the bystander versus intervening in a bullying situation. I truly think there are a lot of kids, young kids out there who have been heroes to other, other children. And so, you know, I hope that as we move along, I don't know how many children we hear we have listening today, but I know we have parents and grandparents. And I hope that as you 
mentor your children and as you model for your children that you model that kind of behavior. The same thing goes even for adults talking about another adult or being rude or mean to another adult. If you stand by and let that happen, you are one of those bystanders who who's really letting life pass you by and and not allowing yourself to become one of the one of the good people one of the people who is really making a change for someone so i'd really like to ask our listeners today do you have someone who you think was one of those unsung heroes in your life did you have someone who who you feel like made such a difference in your life, who stepped in perhaps when you were being bullied or who stepped in to help you. Um, Think about all the organ donors out there who um, have given a kidney, who have given a lung, who have done something for another individual. Think about the, the parents or the siblings or the spouses who have allowed um, their organs to be donated um, or their loved ones' organs to be used when, so that someone else could live when they lost their loved one. I believe those are heroes who have allowed that kind of thing to happen. So... Do you have someone out there? You know, as we talk about the definition of a hero, the there have been some scientific studies that really have kind of looked at that in the psychology literature. And one thing that they found is individuals who um, tend to be more heroic have maybe more empathy. They, that, that mid part of their brain, their amygdala, where, where you have feelings for other people, seems to function a little bit better. Now, if you have too much, it, it might push you over the other side and you might put yourself in that person's place so much that you become paralyzed. So you can't, you can't do too much of that, but it's really important to keep in mind that a hero doesn't have to be a tough, never have feelings. And in fact, they really need to be almost the opposite, to feel for others and to care for others. You made a point about the New York guy who helped the guy who had the seizure in the subway. And as you were talking, I was thinking, what's the difference in that guy and everyone else who was standing on the side of the subway? What was in him that was totally different from everyone else that saw the guy fall? Well, you know, you're asking a question that researchers really have looked at. And um, one study that was published in 2015 in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology suggested that there were some very basic characteristics that allowed some people to do more acts like that than others. And one, I think everybody probably can guess it. It's courage. The courage to to be able to act 
on something, the the determination to come up with the plan, and the self-sacrifice. Now, those are three main characteristics. And as the researchers looked at what the different characteristics are for a hero, um, there wasn't 100% agreement, um, but bravery and courage were at the top of the list. And the other one was conviction. Conviction that that you needed to and you could do something about it. So um, I thought that was really interesting. And um, but as we move along, I think, you know, we need to remember you don't have to throw your life, your, you know, your body in front of a moving train to be a hero. I have a, another situation. Think about all the people during Katrina who dropped what they were doing, went down to the Gulf Coast to try to help individuals to take supplies. Think about all the people who were down there who for more than a year stayed down there and suffered through trying to help other people where they didn't have a decent place to live, potable water, drinkable water, um, where they may have been suffering from some sort of illness. Um, I think there are a lot of you out there who are heroes and who have heroes in your life. And I want to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. Before we go to our next break, let's go back to the phones. We have Belle from Yazoo City on the line. Hi, Belle. Hi. Uh, this is such a good show. I feel like I call too much, but... You always evoke something that makes me call. <laughs> I was going to say uh, one of my inspirations, and I'm getting to the age where I can't do much for anybody, but in the Bible, on Jesus' way to the cross, there was a woman, and when he fell, she had like a handkerchief, and she reached, and she just wiped the sweat off his brow and his face. And uh, I believe, I'm not Catholic, but um, I believe she's a traditional saint with a traditional name of St. Veronica. And I really think of her often as an inspiration because it shows that even, it might not be so heroic, even though I think that she certainly was, but um, just the least little acts of kindness that you can do are good. And I just wanted to add that. And thank you for this program. Bye. Bye, Belle. Um, thank you for calling. And you never call too much. No, no, no. I love for, for callers to call in. Um, you're right. It It is St. Veronica. Um, and it was a very simple act that was written in the Bible. But it it took great notice, you know, of all the words written in the Bible. Interesting that that was noted. And I think the point was, was that um, through all the persecution and all, there was that simple act of kindness, but it was brave, right? Because it was brave because as people are jeering and persecuting, she stepped up and showed her empathy, sympathy. 
And so, Bell, Bell, that's a really good point. And I guess you said it better than I did. I was trying to say exactly that. It doesn't have to be something monumental. Uh, it might be something very simple. So give us a call. Tell us what that simple act of kindness that made someone in your life a hero. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back, and thanks again for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here with Michelle McAdoo, and we're we're exploring the difference in heroes and models and what makes a hero. And do you have to be very, very brave to be a hero. Um, Do you have a personal hero? Is there someone in your life who maybe changed your pathway, who maybe changed an outcome? And I don't mean necessarily saving your life, but just helped you in a way that you know that person made a difference. I'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Michelle, I think you have a story, don't you? I do, I do. Um, This is a very good topic. I feel very passionate about people that give of themselves. And I'm not going to say names, but there's a couple that I know that reached out to me and helped me. And like you just said at the beginning of the show, catapulted, pushed me to another level, helped me when I was in need. And to me, that's what a hero is. They didn't have to do it. If you ask somebody for help, and even if you don't, and people give of themselves financially or just otherwise, I think that's a hero. That's a true, to me, that's the true definition of a hero. We're going to do this. We have we are not related to this person. There's no benefit from us by helping her. We're going to do it because it's the right thing to do. I think those are the er- everyday heroes that need to um, have a light shined on them. And yeah. I'm just saying kudos to my two heroes in my life that helped me get to the next level in my life. And I'm sure people that are listening right now know that it's been somebody in your life, either when you were young, it could have been a teacher, a principal, could have been a neighbor. Someone in your life helped you in a situation when you thought you couldn't get out of it. 
I'm sure that person would love to hear kudos right now or thank you. If you want to say thank you to that person who was your personal hero, give us a call at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'd love to hear your hero stories. And by the way, we do have two callers on the line. I guess we'll go to Jan right now and hear what she has to say about heroes. Great. Hi, Jan. Thanks for calling. Well, I'm, I'm happy to call in. I um, was really listening to, to talking about people who have been important in your life or your own personal kind of heroes. And back years ago, when John Claypool used to be the minister at Northminster Baptist Church, he preached a sermon on uh, just that thing. But what he called people that you really look up to and have been meaningful in your life, he called them balcony people. These are the people that are in the balcony that when you want to see they, you want to see somebody important in your life, that's where they sit. So you can almost, you know, see them if you look up in the balcony and you see the people that have been so important that have either done something for you or have been meaningful in your life, been a hero to you, provided you with a word when you needed it, um, or just a hand up. So I, I add balcony people to the to the um, names of of things like heroes and people who have stepped up. So that's that's it. I just wanted to remind folks that, that it's important to have balcony people in our lives. Oh, Jan, I love that. I remember, I never heard John Claypool speak, but I I know that he had many, many good messages over the years. And so um, that's a great term, and I'm going to have to remember that balcony people so those people people, who are up there to lend a hand down to pull you up Mm -hmm. to help you out of that proverbial ditch that I always call that's true well Jan thanks for calling that's a great message I bet everybody has a good visual now on this (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you I enjoyed it take care Uh uh-huh Okay, I want to stay on the phones. We have Victor on the road next. Hi, Victor. Hey, young lady. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for calling. Tell us what your thoughts are. My wife is my hero. And uh, Uh I I get choked up because she means so much to me. We've been married uh, going on 47 years. However, when we first got married... Uh, she had a kidney removed, and the doctor explained to her that the kidney she had left was in poor shape, and uh, he explained to her that she really shouldn't have children. My wife knew I loved children, and so she decided we were going to have one, and she became pregnant, and uh, the doctor explained to her that there was a good possibility that either she or the child, one of them, there's only going to be one survivor. And she told him that uh, I meant so much to her that she was willing to give up her life. And, uh, ooh, I got chills running up and down my arms right now. But anyhow, she uh, she survived the pregnancy. She had She had our baby boy. And, uh, I mean, it was a whole, the whole thing was just a complete miracle. But when the doctor told me what she did and what she was willing to do, oh, my Lord, she was just, 
She was wow. a gift. Set, she was a gift set to me from God. Oh, Victor, that is making I'm I'm having a hard time finding the right words to say because that is such a beautiful, loving story, and I can hear the love in your voice um, about your your wife and and um, and your son. And so it sounds like she she is she is your hero, and I yes. congratulate you on having such a wonderful um, relationship. You must be a very special person for her to want to give to you like that. <laughs> no, she felt sorry for me because she thought I was retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a beautiful story. But I think that is is where, you know, as we were talking, um, putting, now she may also have wanted that son desperately too, but she knew how much you wanted a child. And so she was willing to to allow herself to be put at risk for, for you. So well, that's like, a very like special story. She was a gift to me from God, and you never trash anything God gives you. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, thanks so much, Victor, for no, calling. I Be safe on the road. <laughs> I appreciate you giving me the time to tell everybody what my wife means to me. Thank you. Well, hey, listen, I, I what in case she hasn't heard this or wasn't able to hear this, Victor, um, you know, you can listen to this show on podcast at mpbonline.org. So you play this okay. for her so she can know how much you love her. She probably already oh. knows. When, when, I, when I go home, I try to get home at least once a week. First thing I do is I go to the flower store and I buy her flowers because she loves flowers. Oh, and I love, and what I a man. To see that pretty, I love to see that pretty smile on her face. It means everything to me. Okay, now you play this for her, okay? I will, <laughs> I will. Thank you. You have yourself okay. a great day. Thanks. You, you too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, what a sweet story. Um, Michelle, can we stay on the phones and get to Lynn before the next break? Yes, let's go to Lynn from Meridian. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Glad to be Good. here. What is your story? Well, you know, I was listening to your program, and it reminded me of a situation I was in uh, years ago. Um, I was finishing my master's degree in counseling. And I'd heard about a program at University of West Florida in Pensacola, uh, Center for Healthcare Ethics, and that they were accepting just a small number of students to go through their healthcare ethics program uh, with Dr. Barry Arnold. And uh -huh. he turned out to be a real mentor and an amazing influence in my life. Uh, it is my belief that every man probably has had some type of male influence and mentor in his life. And if he hasn't, then I kind of feel sorry for him because we all need that as men. And Dr. Barry Arnold was one of those men. Um, 
And the story is, is that I went through a year-long program, multiple classes on healthcare ethics, which included uh, end-of-life care, palliative care, uh, how to treat patients ethically, uh, how to focus on, uh, you know, what to do with end-of-life. And uh, I graduated valedictorian of that program, and I went on to be a volunteer with hospices, wherever I would be practicing, Missouri, Alabama, uh, Florida, I would volunteer at the local hospice to sit with patients. And what I learned and what was so valuable to me was what an intimate time it is to be with somebody at at end of life. And Dr. Barry Arnold just, he taught those classes and taught us to be compassionate, to understand uh, people, not only what they were saying, but symbols in their life, you know, and other aspects of the human experience. And it just turned out to be a very rich, powerful, empowering uh, curricula for me to go through. And since then, I just look at people different, you know, and it's such a such an honor and a privilege to work with people. And I just wanted to say, you know, your, your program, the way I was hearing these people talk is really interesting. Um, it just reminded me of, of this man, Dr. Arnold. And so I now went on to become a doctor of clinical psychology, and I try to emulate uh, compassion and understanding and that deep, compassionate listening uh, with my patients, like Dr. Arnold taught me. And so mm-hmm. I guess it's just, you know, homage to a great man that's uh, influenced a lot of people, um, including myself. Well, that's a great story of him. And it sounds like you helped. This is a great segue because you just talked about the other part of the story that I wanted us to talk about is someone who is a great model. I'm not sure that he was really a hero as much as a great model for you to then go on and be able to help other people in such a compassionate way. And And I think you're right. Um, men and women need need some sort of model or influence that helps them end up the way they they need to be to be a good person and a helpful person and a compassionate person. And so, as you, uh, I I think you're very right. Most young boys need a male influence in their life so they can learn how to be loving and caring and compassionate to other men and to women in yeah, their lives. Absolutely. And so, you know, unfortunately, all all little boys don't have a father in their life, but there are a lot of men out there who could be one of those compassionate men to help, right? Absolutely. And, and now I have the opportunity. I've been teaching at the university level for years now, and uh, I try to do the same thing and model appropriate behavior for, for men to, to treat women and other people respectfully and with dignity. And, and so I, I learned a great deal from Dr. Arnold. I just wanted to, to verbalize that. Well, thanks so much. I hope he can hear this one day, too. I, I love people being able to get praise for the, the things that they have done when you know they didn't do it for praise or reward. Right. So um, thank you, and thank you for spreading the word. Great. You're welcome. Thank you for doing what you're doing, too. Oh, thanks.
All right. I think, uh, Michelle, we need to take a final break, quick break. Okay. Well, this is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress again here with Michelle McAdoo, and we are talking about heroes and models, the heroes in your life, the good models in your life, and and what makes those individuals such special people. Um, And I'm not talking about Superman. I'm not talking about Batman. I'm talking about those everyday individuals who have done some pretty awesome things. Now, we do have heroes in our lives who were very famous. But if you really read about their lives, like Mother Teresa, like Martin Luther King, like others in um, in history and even present day, they are not individuals who are doing what they're doing for the limelight, but they're doing what they're doing for the good of the order. So let me talk to you a little bit about um, heroes and incredible models for us and for our children and our grandchildren. So a couple of things that as you look at at researchers, heroes keep working on their goals. These are good models too, even if they have setbacks. Persistence is key. So to keep in mind that you can be brave, but if you're not persistent, then that bravery doesn't go anywhere. If you give up on the first pass, if it doesn't work. And another study where researchers were looking at Um, heroic behavior. Uh, This is a characteristic that you might not think of or realize, but heroes are more likely to put a positive spin on negative events. Okay. So to me, if you think about listening, even during this pandemic, um, you know, there's some people who are talking about this is the worst thing ever, and it is, it is. And we have lost some awesome people during this terrible pandemic. But there are some individuals who have been able to come up with a positive spin, how they've been able, able to improve their lives, how they've been able to spend more time with family, how they've been able to drop some of what they thought were so necessary material things and not worried about it anymore. So that kind of behavior 
um, is seems to be the kinds of behaviors that really make individuals um, truly heroes. So the decision to act heroically is a choice that, you know, all of us may be called on at one point in time. So to, to think about it, to make yourself um, make a conscious decision about how are you going to approach that? What are you going to do? What will your action be? Will it be a bystander or will it be one of those balcony people? Will it be one of those individuals who allows you, uh, who you allow to help other people? So it's a decision. Don't forget it. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody, our callers and our listeners. Um, I know you've got a hero in your life. And so you try to reach out and be a hero. Today was engineered by our producer, Michelle McAdill. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. And join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.